0: Block Talk Radio. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. The promise of our democracy is our allegiance to an idea articulated in a declaration made more than two centuries ago. We the people... We affirm... We the people... Today we continue a never-ending journey to bridge the meaning of those words... We the people...
1: Good evening, and welcome to another exciting episode where you get to hear my sultry voice once again, um, along with that of Mikey.
2: Good evening, or should I say good evening?
3: (laughs) There you
1: go. And, of course, the always beautiful Miss Sheila Bila. What up, what up? Exactly. So tonight we're going to be going over Another exciting episode of everyone's favorite Um, What the Hell is along with y'all because, oh my God, there's a lot. Um, But the biggest thing is we're going to have some financial knowledge from our very own Warren Bellamy. He's going to be bringing the people what they need. Wow. New Orleans just kicked what could be the game-winning field goal in this crazy game, guys. Sorry to interject on that. but Sports are important, too. But Warren's going to bring us some financial knowledge, discuss credit, um, you know, what's going on with, like, housing markets and stuff like that because this kind of stuff is important to all of us. Um, so, once again, we'll be right back. Thank you for joining us. Please call in and listen. The guest number is six four six 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 eight eight four seven nine. You can talk to all of us, hear our voice over the phone and not just over the radio, too. Chip in, ask Warren some questions later on because I'm sure he'll love that. Um, or feel free to follow us up on the website. We'll be right back after this uh, brief message as we bring you some feedback.
0: Peace does not come before salvation, and salvation does not come without truth. I will only hear the truth. I will only hear the truth.
2: one wonder is he woke or just a new slave? Slay. Oh, religion, he just covered it with new chains? to out the church, he ain't really fake. He the if he don't rep the king. He just uh, want the back.
0: Ah, oh, man, now they actin' like a suddenly political. Uh, Told me shut my mouth and get my checks from evangelicals. When my mama raised me on but the credit went to Elvis No, you never knew that uh-uh. No, you think I'm too black I just think I'm too real I grew up on two bad You grew up thinking that the Panthers were some terrorists I grew up hearing how they fed my mama angry Christ. They said you should follow in the steps of King I said you forgotten how they shot him in the street I ain't really changed, it's the same old rebel Still a radical, I'm passionate, it's just another level AT hey, he told me I should fight back, they don't like they don't. that Just know if you rock the boat, you better have a life <laughs> They told me I should fight back. They don't like that. Just know if you rock the boat, you better have a life um, uh, People cannot adopt the truth. They prefer fantasy over reality. I am for truth, no matter who tells you.
1: All right. Welcome back. So, like I said, we're going to kick this episode off with our, you know, what in the hell is wrong with y'all? Because we've had a very exciting weekend, or a very exciting week, I'm sorry, leading to this weekend. You know, Hawaii, Trump, you know, a lot of things. So, Mikey, I'm going to toss it over to you real quick, man.
2: All right, so um, then I'm going to go back a little bit earlier in the week because I'm sure we all have a lot to say about what happened yesterday with Hawaii. Uh, but so earlier this week, there was um, several things that sort of flew under the radar um, that sort of led up to the Hawaii thing. And it's not necessarily a, like what the hell is going It's more like what the hell is going on instead of what the hell is wrong with y'all. So the CDC held a meeting earlier this week about uh their preparations for a nuclear blast and then the um the army has been actively training in tunnel warfare in preparation for a war with North Korea so that sort of um Oh, don't mind my child in the background. Yep. So that's sort of that's sort of like a precursor as to sort of what led up to um to to Saturday, uh yesterday morning. Um when when the whole Hawaii thing went off. So I guess my thing is I guess the official story is somebody hit the wrong button. Like that's really what they're saying now, is that apparently they had two buttons and and the guy hit the wrong one, so I mean, how do you how do you make that m- kind of mistake? Well, it's
1: an honest mistake. I mean, like yeah, literally, I just was going for one button and accidentally hung up and had to call back in. So it can happen.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: it's my first time ever yeah. doing that, so now I feel so bad about the guy. Like, I can understand that. I hear <laughs> so, you. Wow, that was wild. I've never hung up on myself. That's pretty good.
2: That wild. You know, happens
3: too. for the best of us.
2: That it does. So maybe we should just cut this guy some slack, then is that what we're saying? <laughs> just just give you know, him a break. Yeah, his button My was thing. a little different than ours, but Right. But see, I don't know why. Like, I always picture it like it is in the movies to where it's the big red button with the yellow caution tape under it, under glass, and you got to flip the thing up. <laughs> that's that's what I'm picturing. It's probably not.
1: But well, that, you know the Animaniacs button. got re, uh, re-brought out, so it could be pretty much more close. Yep. And me, that's that's yet again...
0: Wow.
4: Oh my God! Last
1: play of the game, touchdown, game over. Uh, Qualler, that was amazing, hope, hope that,
2: dude. Hope nobody was recording it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> oh,
0: all the
1: New Orleans just died. They just all killed themselves at once. That was amazing. That was beautiful. Huh? But, yeah. So, like I said, after me just hanging up on my own self, you know, not even a caller or anything like that, I'm giving the guy a pass. You know, if I had a nuclear button, I'm pretty sure I just would have hit it right now.
2: Maybe so. I just, I guess, I guess the part that I feel the worst about is for, like, the citizens of Hawaii. Right. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I know a couple of those people.
2: yeah. Yeah. It took 40 minutes before an official announcement came out that it was a mistake.
1: Now, that I did like not Like,
2: 40 minutes? Yes. It
0: was...
1: That's a long time it to was be four. scared out of your mind.
3: Right. <laughs> right. right. And then think literally... about it. It said seek shelter. Where are you going to seek shelter from a ballistic missile from? Where, there's, where, there's where
2: I'm supposed
0: to seek shelter at? I mean, well, I'd mean, to you know,
3: missiles, and I'm sure
2: that'd do it. <laughs> Well, most of the ballistic missiles have, or are capable of being nuclear. So I mean, right. if it if if it was nuclear, there's nowhere to go really. I mean, where are you going to go? You're in Hawaii. The island's you not right. You Oh man, and yeah, maybe him and his fish will save
1: you. And bring you down to Atlantis.
2: Unless he's the new Aquaman, and then he'll just jump up there and take it out. Yeah, that
1: too. Or he'll do that stupid backwards dive he did into the water in Justice League, which was just yep. stupid. Ridiculous. That was a terrible movie. Yeah. But
2: I was listening to um, an interview on CNN. Um, I think it was later in the afternoon. And they had found somebody that was like a local news affiliate and a correspondent. And he said that that it was it was sheer panic. Like people were running around, literally trying to find anywhere to take shelter. And he said that him and a large group of people, they were, um, I think they were on the Air Force, they said, and they they took cover in a uh, like a civilian contractor garage, and they were just all huddled there. And he said that if it hadn't have been for him receiving the alerts from the news media, because they went out pretty quick to news affiliates but it still took 40 minutes for the um, emergency EMS to send out the second announcement saying that it was fake. Wow. I want to say that... The, Forty that minutes. The
0: first,
2: yeah. 40, I, I actually think the number is 43. I don't know why that number stuck in my head, but, yeah. I mean, that's, that's just crazy. Yeah. That's, now, I will I mean... say, though, that... The uh, I think the governor released something on Twitter within a couple of minutes, but unless you were actively following that person, you had no idea.
3: Right.
1: I've been in a, like a her in a um, earthquake out in Sally, and That was like two or three seconds, and that was like right. the longest two or three seconds so I can imagine. Like 40 minutes of thinking that impending doom is setting up, like. Do you walk in your job? You know, quit. Be like, you know
2: what? Since it's all coming down, what I want to tell all of y'all. Yeah, and I mean, it happened. It was so early. I think it was like 8 o'clock there time, like 8:45 or something like that. Or it may have been even earlier than that.
1: You, sit back was, and you make yourself was, a drink and sit on the beach,
2: right? And just just and look to the sky and hope you see it coming. You go all road
0: one or
3: not? So a ballistic, just I want some Clarification real quick, because what exactly Like how does a ballistic missile like Explode, because it's obviously, it's not a nuke Right, it's just like a bomb
2: Right? No, it can can be be a nuke It can be a nuke, it doesn't have to be But most um, ballistic missiles Do have The ability to have Some sort of nuclear bomb In them that's a, it's the same technology that North Korea has been working on for the last year. Is That's what oh, they've been working on. They're, um, they're intercontinental ballistic missiles. So they're still, it's still a ballistic missile. All
1: right.
2: And then you got to think not just about the people in Hawaii, but think about the implications worldwide. So if you, right. if you see that and you're... And you're in China or you're in Korea or Russia or somewhere like that, and you're just the average citizens, and you see that Hawaii is under attack, like, as soon as that missile hits and goes off, World War III has started. Right. I mean, yeah, it's over. I mean, World War III has started. It's going to be a, a nuclear war because, you know, as soon as we get hit, we're starting to fire fires.
1: Even if they don't hit us with a nuclear war, we're going straight nuclear war on folks because we just can't wait to do that. Couldn't wait last time. There was no reason to go nuclear on Japan, but we wanted to test out our new baby, so.
3: Wow, that's messed up. (sighs) I guess that's the story of America.
2: Good old American history. So,
3: Anyways, another um, what the hell news for uh for the evening?
1: Yeah, 'cause here comes Sheila. Hit 'em with it, Sheila.
3: So, so um, my what the hell is um I gotta I gotta touch on the H and M. Gotta touch on H and M. So obviously yep. that's one of my favorite stores, and that's probably uh-huh. not gonna change <clears throat> personally because I mean you know everybody shows shows their true colors every once in a while, and now it was H and M's turn. Um I think it's crazy that it got past so many people because I feel like you had to this is a person who picked the wardrobe, then it has to go well, who picks the clothing material, it goes past marketing, it goes past I mean, the photographer, the mom who let her the child model this her for the mom of the little black boy and the little white boy, Cause I mean I mean, I'm sure it happened in the same vicinity, the same day, whatever. So I don't know. I just feel some type of way about that. But my thing is how people have been handling it. So, I saw two separate things on Twitter, um, two separate occasions. One, this guy in I don't know what city, somewhere in America, and he goes in there and starts acting up in the H&M in the mall. Now, um, that one, I think he just went in there. He was just acting dumb, like, talking, you know, like, so where's the shirt at, where's the sweater at, you know, just acting ignorant in the store. Like, on a store level, these people, these are not the people that you need to be upset about or upset at because these people in the store, they can't do anything because they're not the ones who okay this stuff to be put out. They're just hourly workers. They just go to work, talk in, fold up clothes, hang up clothes, let you in the fitting room, and that's it. So that's, that was number one you know, like, these folks can't do nothing, and it wasn't, you know, anyway, then the second one that I saw was whenever they tore up that H&M in South Africa, now that to me was just completely out of control, like, I mean, I get it, you want to protest, but hit them where it hurts, and that's, don't buy their clothes, or, you know, like, support black owned businesses and go that route, like really, like really, really go hard and like, you know, but instead you want to trash the whole store.
1: What do y'all think? So my question is, so this doesn't cause you to have pause with the entire chain though?
3: I mean, I mean, I feel some type of way about it. And I don't like the fact that obviously, you know, it's, Y'all meant for this message to be heard. Um, yes, I am upset about it, but <clears throat> I don't know. I guess I'm, I guess I'm to the point where I'm unaffected by things because it just happens so often. It's not just you know this 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 store. You got you have so many other stores and so many other like CEOs that act the same exact way. Now, so hopefully, I, but
1: I remember when it happened with Tommy Hilfiger. And basically, we ended up closing Tommy down for what he was doing. Even though you know Phil figure is still around a little bit, it's not what it was
3: That's because true. he went on the Oprah well, show and I said
1: mean... that. So the power is still in the people if the people actually use the power they have.
3: And then that's what I that's and that's my thing because you know a lot of this stuff it goes viral online and people get mad a little bit. You know, <clears throat> but then <clears throat> still continue to shop at those stores or still continue to wear those clothes or whatever. You know, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll just have to see and wait it out and see whether or not people are actually going to really boycott.
0: So here's, here's
1: some, coming out and, oh, I'm sorry, Mikey, go for it.
3: No, I, I was just
2: going to say my take on the whole thing is, is if you're going to take it out on the company, don't. Don't take it out on the retail like front of it because it's like people uh, right. you a set. They have – anybody that's ever worked in retail knows that what happens inside the store, you have almost zero control over it when it comes to the big things like that. The marketing is not done there. So definitely take it out on the company and boycott and, and don't buy their products and hit them where it hurts, where the money is. But don't take it out on the employees that work there and don't take it out on the chain store because they trashed one store. That Sure, it hurt them a little bit, but if the people were to organize and actually boycott and really not shop there anymore, even if they just did organize something to where they say, all right, for this week, nobody go in there. And then maybe set up protest outside the store so that people that... Try to go in there. You can at least explain to them why you're upset, but don't go in and trash the store. That's just—it seems juvenile to me.
3: It's um, juvenile and ignorant, and almost—it's you're almost proving them right, almost. You know what I'm saying? Like
1: you're not helping with the stereotype. Right. Correct. But boycotting—is that not hurting the employees also? Either way, the employees are going to be hurt. I don't agree with what they did in the side of the stores, you know, acting out in front of the employees or destroying the property because, you know, like you said, now you're actually, you know, perpetuating a stereotype that we don't need to perpetuate that is also, you know, put upon our heads in the first place. But either way, the employees are going to be hurt. I feel bad for them, but it's like at the same time, this kind of thing, if, if people are not held accountable, if companies and corporations are now that are not held accountable, they're going to continue to do. It. You know whether it was Sony, whether it was you know uh, Dove, whether whatever company it is that keeps doing this stuff, if they are not held accountable by the consumer base and not just black folks, I mean white folks should be outraged that somebody would think this is okay as well. Right. You know. So it, it, it's it, it's got to be a combined effort in order to basically, like you said, hit them where it truly hurts. Otherwise not that, they don't care. You know, you'd trash a store. They don't care about that. That didn't hurt them whatsoever. That's called insurance. Right.
3: I right. like say, they're insured, and they have all kinds of, like, protection for that. Right.
1: That's a tax right off. <laughs> That's
3: vandalism. Right.
1: They're going to make more money because all the stuff they have marked down and everything, they're going to go in there and lie about what's in that whole store that you just trashed. <laughs> like, well, you know, we had that special limited edition $1,000 coat over there. Can't believe what happened to that jacket. So, you know.
2: (laughs) Let me throw this out there, too. Let me throw this out here, too. And it's just something I just sort of thought about. So there's, you remember the old saying, there's no such thing as bad publicity? Right. I wonder... I wonder if they really, it's like Sheila said, there's no way that it could have got past that many people and not one person stood up and said, you know what? I think that's offensive.
3: Right. <clears throat> well, unless and, there's just no black people in that lineup, obviously.
2: Well, well now again, it's I get possible. back to my point that I
1: was going to make. Because Mama let this go on. Then she said she saw no problem in it. And what she saw was, was you know, euros, because she ain't in America. So, yeah. you know, she saw the money.
2: And you sold your kid
1: out for some money. That, to me, is just despicable. It's like all these people are like, oh, I'll do so-and-so-and-so for money, you know, and and, and they could have called me the biggest monkey they want. It's like, really? It's like, you know, how how low will you go for some dough? But again, like we always say, it's always (laughs) about the money. It is
3: unfortunately.
1: <clears throat> that's who I'm more mad at than I am H&M because your mama sat there on the set and just watched and said,
0: oh, you go, boy.
3: Right. Yeah. How much did they give her? Right.
1: right. <laughs> so, you, you, it, that's, yeah, for me, she's more of the reason I sat back and said, what
0: in know, the hell? <laughs> then, <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm like, wow! You're a little kid. It's not like it's a grown man up there wearing this, you know, shirt. It's a little mm-hmm. kid. Everybody's mad at the store. Mad at everybody else. They need to drag his mom out and beat her behind. Cause so the one. Right. And then other people are like, well, if his mom doesn't mind, then why is everybody making a big deal? Because it's it, it's a it's a racist thing where people black folks have been called monkeys. That's why it's a big deal. Not only that, but the fact that his shirt said, you know, whatever about the jungle, the monkey in the jungle. But then the white guy's shirt said that he was the one that conquers the jungle.
3: I guess. Yep, Survivor yeah. of the jungle or something like that. And then was yeah. a tiger on it. Okay.
1: So it's like, Really? That that's even worse. The fact than the
2: look that he was giving him. Like, Come on, man. You can't tell me
1: there ain't something behind all that.
2: No, it's it's it was. There's definitely something there.
0: Yeah,
1: my immediate thoughts was you know Tarzan in the jungle. Give the white guy in the jungle in the middle of Africa surviving the wild. I'm like you know, eh, here we go again.
2: Well, you know you know as well as I do that there's there's one thing that really scares white people, and that's that's a strong black man and so maybe they're i mean and it's not right, but maybe their thought behind it is if they put this kid in this shirt and a and a young black kid does see it, that they'll be like, "Oh well, that's just." How I'm supposed to be? Right. They're, they're like to normalize it. Right. That's what I was looking for. That's that's yeah. Yeah,
1: you're 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 normalizing it. You know that. And since we're going to get to Trump, I'm just going to start the transition now. It's it's like everything he does to normalize racism now. The fact that you yeah. said you want to send all these people back and bring in good people from Norway and stuff. He basically said, send everybody back to the black. Since he's come in, he's done everything possible to send black and brown people back to the places they come. Salvador, yep. Mexicans, Africans, Haitians. <laughs> and then you're like bringing the good people, like you know the, the the ladies from Russia that are coming here to have babies, so their babies. Can yeah, be I saw that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's okay. You
1: know, bring the Norwegians in because why not? So send all First the all, and, and the other colored folks and then bring in the white folks because, you know,
2: they're from a better place. The Norwegians aren't coming. Let's just be real clear about that. Their country is set, yeah, right. so much better than ours. They are not oh my God, coming. They we can hang that up. No. They're staying. <laughs> I would never leave if, Norway if, if I lived there. Right. If, if anything, we should be immigrating there,
3: they're not
0: the other
2: way around.
3: I think I actually seen a tweet about how many people, um, because Tommy Lorraine retarded self was talking about oh, um, the s hole countries and whatever. So mm-hmm. somebody retweeted her and said exactly how many um, like expatriates are living outside of the U.S.
0: <laughs> right. Well, not only that. It was like 3.2 million. It's mo- uh,
3: like 8. Point something million people.
1: This country yeah. was founded because they were leaving their told countries when they left Ireland and all these other places like that, that they were getting away from poverty and famine and disease and everything else to come here for the land of opportunity. But, you know, I digress and don't want to look at that either because, you know, that'll make sense and we don't want to do that while we're on the air.
2: Uh uh, Yeah. Good job reining yourself in.
3: (laughs) I got one more um, WTF. Or W T H. same <laughs> different. Either
2: way, <laughs> difference. E- either way it, depends, it depends on how bad it is.
3: So it's pretty bad. That's why I said W T S. So um, I don't know if y'all saw this. I think this happened today. Yep, it did. So um, the Pegasus Airlines flight was derailed off of um, onto a cliff edge today. So <clears throat> this happened in Turkey. Yeah. So, if you look at the, like, if you're on, if you guys are online, if you have your phone near you, Google it, Google Pegasus Airlines flight, and basically, it's a runway in Turkey, and I don't know what happened, but the flight, literally, is sitting sideways on the side of a cliff. Like, that is, like, my absolute, well, it's my worst nightmare, but not really because it didn't hit the water, but it's, like, almost, like, if anybody moves too suddenly, the plane looks like it's just going to slide down into the water. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Or I don't know, that that would stress me out.
1: Hey, still safer than
0: Amtrak.
2: So that's true. Yeah. Oh geez. Yeah, AM. no. I, yeah, that that that'd be pretty awful. I'm looking at the picture now. Yeah, no, thank you. Why do
0: you so have that are people the...
2: close
3: to the cliff? Oh, have you seen the one in St. Martin? St. Martin's no, runway is so that. short. Oh my god, and it goes okay, so they have a beach. Y'all should look that up too. So I've never been well, I mean I've been but I was like one, so it doesn't count. But <clears throat>
0: mm.
3: um my granddad's from there and like I look it up all the time and like um I have a friend that like works for Delta and they fly into Saint Martin. It's not a lot of airlines that fly into there. But their um their runway is literally I mean, because the island is so small, the runway is just like it goes over the beach, so there's an actual beach and then um, the the planes fly over the beaches and then they land, but the landing strip is, that the is, one really, that is really, really really short. Through? Probably, yeah. Where and then the it's, actually, I think somebody recently or this away? past summer somebody died because they were doing too so wow. much. Like they were, yeah, because it has like a portion of the beaches like taped off, so you're not supposed to go there because of the engine, you know, like the plane's engine mm. or whatever. Right. Um, you could die, obviously, and so that's what happened to this girl. She like was in that area where you're not supposed to be. And she died because she was trying to be, I don't know, a thrill seeker. But yeah, that's this. I mean, it's pretty common for like, islands to have that because, I mean, there's nowhere else for them to have a runway. Wow. Yeah.
0: So. uh, It's a pretty
3: large plane, though, a 737.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's, yeah. Yeah, see, I'm not even going to look at the pictures because I don't want to be afraid to fly. Thank you.
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, um, I do got you know, one more thing, um, or a couple more things, I'm sorry. But uh apparently the president of the fifteenth largest corporation in America, which is pilot slash flying J, who I won't go get gas on anymore, openly called African Americans breathing niggers in front of the sale team.
0: They then wow. sang
1: the a the song and called them you know, called Nigger Lover, which I listened to the link from the song. It's a real song and it's pretty bad. Wow. The the people that own the Flying J also own the Cleveland Browns, by the way, which, you know, their team is trash, so probably explains a lot. But yeah, so this is like a huge company wide thing to where you're just chilling and you're comfortable enough to say, you know, all these grieving niggers and, and then Sing "Near Lover" as a song, and everybody thinks, "Yay!" Like, "Wow!"
2: So, there's that.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. I Me? Mean, who? Who thinks I mean, that's okay?
1: Apparently, a lot of people, because they all sat around and sung it.
0: Oh. It it doesn't say it doesn't about feel like. like
2: I'm sorry. I, it, yeah. That that struck me. I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm white. Just in case nobody knew, I, I, I am I am white. I am a big fat white guy in the middle class. Just just trying to survive. And I will say that I I have family members that I am ashamed of, and they don't always refer to people. As nicely as they should, and they use that word, and and it it bothers me. Now, I will say most of them are are from another generation to where that was just what they were called, and that does not make it any better. But at what at what point? Like, it's 2018 now. It's it's not it's not the 50s. It's not the 60s. It's not the 70s. Hell, it's. Oh, I, I don't. I just don't know.
1: It's a foundational,
2: uh, but but who still perpetuates it? Like so that that's my thing. So the very
1: foundation of the country.
2: No, I mean I, I understand that, but you gotta. So I get the point I'm trying to make.
1: So all your heroes my from is, this country were racist. You have statues. You have monuments theme parks, everything else, everything yeah. perpetuates it. I mean, you look at your money, everybody on your money it perpetuates it. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, hell, I, I live in a small town where, you know, they look at black folks still like, oh, you're here? You know, and I hmm. to drive through it all the time. I got followed to work. You know, down the road that I drive on every day today, followed. I could tell he was running my tags and stuff. You know, uh, drove a little while and he finally turned around after he realized that, hey, just 'cause the black guy's driving a car through your town, I'm not a criminal, right? And it's a notorious place for it, and I stay here anyway because I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing anything
2: wrong, so. But who's who's actively teaching this to their kids? Like, in in, a the, lot of people. in the in the that, see that's I hate to think everybody is human garbage, <clears throat> but I guess most people are.
1: There's a lot of people who are actively teaching it to their kids, but it's not just a lot of white people teaching it to their kids. There's a lot of black people who teach to their kids. There's a lot of Indian people who teach it to their kids. There's a lot of everybody who teaches hate. Because hate is a learned action.
2: But well, it doesn't. Yeah. In, the, in the long run, it doesn't do them any good. Like, what does hate accomplish? Because, really you know, accomplish in
1: large in part, good. hate is also born out of nationalism, which is really terrible. Because, I mean, you got people that hate Muslims from other countries, and they've never met these people. They could be the nicest Muslims ever. I've met a ton of great Muslims in my life. We're friends with them and everything else, and folks just, oh, you're not from here and you're Muslim. I hate you because, you know, you're going to do yeah. this, 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 and this, and this, Nationalism. Anytime you got the isms, the isms are normally bad. Yeah. Uh so I mean 'cause fascism didn't work out too well either, so and nationalism normally no. is fascism, so but the American way, brother,
2: unfortunately. Unfortunately. If anybody
1: listening That's online. It, don't forget you can also call in at six four six, six six eight, eight four seven nine and you can yell bad stuff at Mikey.
0: Yeah I I just,
2: just it out <laughs> hey, I cop to it now.
1: You know, I'll apologize. Before we switch out and we go get Warren on, who you know been here listening the whole time patiently as all ever. Um, also, one thing that really did bug me is the cop who killed Samir Rice wants his job back.
0: Yeah, uh, you, you didn't get convicted
1: too. Uh Murder like you should have for, you know, like, just swiftly pulling up on a 12-year-old kid. And I just recently saw a video of this white lady who had a gun barricaded in her house, and they had a standoff for, like, 40 minutes before they finally killed her.
3: Well, that's normal.
1: And, right, and you pull up <clears throat> on a 12-year-old kid, and within, like, seconds, you done gunned him down. Don't have go get a job somewhere else, man. You know, I can't do anything about the fact that you're not in prison, but the fact that you're trying to reenlist as a cop, it, that just bad bothers me.
0: Yeah,
1: so, it's true. more than more than anything I've saw recently. To think that you should get to wear that badge again just bothers me. Yeah.
3: So the hate but, is real. You know,
1: yeah, because. If that man gets to go back to work and you know the uh, the, the prospect of him doing it to somebody else's son or daughter or anybody else is mm-hmm. terrible. it so. makes you
2: it makes you think of the like the closest and I know that it's it's not the same, but it kinda is, but it sort of reminds you like they always say about serial killers once they do it once you know they're gonna do it again, yeah oh,
3: of course. <clears throat> He should, and, you know, it's crazy. Like, I, I would think now that after he's already gotten away with this, now he's just going to be bolder.
1: Right. right. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean, if I, you're, I, you're popping America nine times out of ten, you're, you're not getting convicted, bro. You're getting a, a right. reprimand
2: so A slap on the wrist and two weeks paid vacation and then come back and do it all over again right right my whole thing is and, and and it's why I'm not a cop I couldn't I can't think about what the implications would be if I were a cop and had to shoot anybody let alone a child like how do you as a normal person recover from that cuz it would follow me everywhere like especially
3: <clears> with being a kid that's ne-
2: maybe that's what it is <laughs>
3: that's
1: what it is you're in that stupid conscience. Well, it is. <laughs> yep. You have a soul, a spirit, a, you know, an actual wanting to, of seeing your fellow man, you know, succeed and do good and live and, you know, you rationally think. These are all things that work in your, that don't work in your favor when you want to be, you know, an evil person, so.
2: Mm. <clears throat> well, after that, I just I just think that all people suck now. <laughs> I think I think now that that at least sixty five percent of the world is human garbage. I know that number is probably not that high, but just people are people course, on general are just you, awful,
1: and that's even worse to think about. Oh yeah, that that is true. Uh, yeah. Just and I, I remind everybody, everybody thinks that, that this is a a shot. Remember, Hitler convinced entire our entire country full of people, it was okay to murder a bunch of other people. Hell, the United States did it when they wiped out the Indians. They did it when they right. saved, enslaved enslaved yeah. black folks. They're worse than almost everybody else at convincing people that it's okay to wipe out other people. They're doing it now with with Arabs. So you know, they make you think it's okay to just. Go in other people's countries, invade them. They need our democracy. We're going to drop bombs on them and give them our democracy. Matter of fact, we're going to name the bomb democracy
2: before we drop it on them. So, yeah. or liberty or freedom. One of the one of those three names are going to be yeah, on there. They need one of those guys.
1: So yeah, we're going to give it to them one way or the other,
2: and they're going to love it. Right.
0: Uh, sad really mm-hmm. alright so
1: let's take a break and then when we come back we're going to get to Mr. Warren telling me, um, and we're going to talk some money man because we need to make some we need to save some and some of our credits kind of you know jacked and needs extra work and we need to do that too so give us a few minutes check out this Marvin and we'll be right back oh and don't forget to call in, 646 All right. That was a little Marvin Gaye. Um, welcome back, guys. And now, as promised, we have Mr. Warren Bellamy on here to drop some financial knowledge, um, some good stuff about credit, you know, things like that. Uh if you want to call in at 646-668-8479, you can ask him some questions, you know, drop some beans on them, ask us anything. You know, we're trying to get our money right. You know, we cannot progress as people. You know, um, overall, you know, until we get our financial right, there's a gap between the haves and have and half not, and a lot of it's because of the people suffering from a lack of knowledge, man. So, um, with that being said, Mr. Warren Bellamy, how are you doing, sir?
5: Good, thank you, thank you. How's everybody doing?
1: Doing good.
0: good.
5: Great.
1: Good. good. So, well, all right. Before we get into anything, I'm just gonna let you go. Have at it, bro.
5: Okay. Well, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is, is something that, that should be important to everyone, but I tell you, you'd be surprised how many people aren't aware of how credit affects your financial life. Um, as, a, as an underwriter and risk manager, I, I see it all the time, and one of the things that underwriting allows me to do is it gives me firsthand insight into how decisions are made and, and how those decisions affect consumers, you got to understand when you go to a bank and you apply for a loan, any, any type of loan, it could be a car loan, it could be a mortgage loan, home equity loan, any any kind of loan, personal loan, they don't look at you as Mr. Smith or Mr. Jones or Mr. Williams or Mrs. Davis. You're a risk. That's That's what you are. And how good of a risk you are will determine whether they'll lend to you and if you're a bad risk, they won't lend to you. And I can tell you that having a bank, having a home bank, when I when what when I mean by a home bank is a bank that you bank with. A bank that you have direct deposit with, you've been with them for who God knows, five, ten, fifteen, twenty years. Got all your savings with them. You figure you go to them for a car loan, it should be no problem, right? I bank with them. You you're my home bank. Shouldn't be an issue. Well, I can't tell you how embarrassing it is to sit in a car dealership, call your home bank because you want a $30,000 car loan and your home bank denies you. So what do you do? The first thing you do is you get defensive. Then you want to blame the bank, right? I mean, just human nature. You're mad because you're not getting what you want. So you lash out. I'm going to take all my money out of this bank. I don't know why I bank with you, but who's really at fault and why, you know, that's, that's what you have to do, some kind of introspective thinking. And what, what's the problem? Is it me? Is it the bank? Well, I can tell you from being in the banking business, we're in a lending environment right now. Banks want to lend money, whether you believe it or not. Okay? So it's, it's one of those things that, like I said, you'd be surprised how many people do not have a clue when it comes to credit reporting, how it works. People think that, well, I, I know what my credit score is. Well, that's fine. But when was the last time you requested a copy of your credit report, taking a look at it, to see what's on it, things like that? Because your score is just one small factor that goes into the big picture. So that's, that's where we're losing focus. And I can tell you right now that in the, in the black community, it's, it's even worse. I got some information here. Um, Let me just take a second and read this. And before I start, let me just let you all know that this is data that was taken from 2013. Now, Mm yes, why would I read information from 2013? Well, I can tell you that five years later, it's no better. I could have gone online and I could have gotten updated information, but honestly, I don't need it because I know, if anything, it's gotten worse. So uh, this is the study. The study was done, uh, let's see here, July 15, 2013, by a gentleman by the name of Stevens Tomolsky. He's a, a financial expert. And the study is entitled, African Americans More Likely to Have Bad Credit.
4: Okay.
5: So here we go. A recent $1.3 million study undertaken by Freddie Mac has revealed some surprising differences in credit scores between African-Americans and Caucasians. The study compared the credit scores of members of each ethnic group, leading to data that shows that Caucasians, get this, Caucasians earning less than $25,000 a year were likely to have better credit scores than African-Americans earning between 65 and $75,000 a year. So even if we're earning, even if we're earning more money, Right? You think we should be able to afford things, we should be able to take care of our credit, maintain our good credit? We're not. Okay. Overall, the study found 27% of all credit reports belonging to Caucasians were poor. 27% of Caucasians, again, were poor, their, their credit reports, compared to 48% of those belonging to African Americans. And then it says, that uh, 28 percent of hispanics were found to have bad credit overall so hispanics for the most part are doing or on par with their caucasian counterparts but again you can see where we're falling short when i say we i mean the black community and this 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 is a study again this is they poured 1.3 million dollars into the study and it involved 80,000 individuals so that's a really good sample size that that'll give you the picture that you know that, that it'll it'll paint a real good picture for you. So another thing that I found <clears throat> important is this. Now this this is from a website called CreditCards.com, and this this is a little more telling when it comes to applying for credit because you walk into the door into a lending institution, and like I say, for for a lot of people it's hit or miss because we're not keeping up with our information. So we don't know, a lot of times we don't know whether or not we're gonna be approved. It's like, it's like taking a shot in the dark. But this particular study says that minorities, okay, minorities are less likely to have access to credit than white Americans. Again, this is from 2013. It says 20% of whites did not have access to credit cards compared to 47% African-Americans and again the latinos about 30%. Now, African and African Americans and Latinos were less confident that they would be approved for credit than whites. So, we hear that a lot, you know, and and whether it's true or not, uh the fact that, you know, as as a as a minority, as a, as a, as, a, as an African American, you walk into a bank and feel that you're you're already taken two steps back when Everyone else is taking one step forward. So again, African-Americans and Latinos were less confident that they would be approved for credit than whites. In 2013, 67% of whites were very confident or somewhat confident that they would be approved for credit compared to 45% of African-Americans and then again, 53% of Latinos. Then it says while 19.5% of whites were not confident that they would be approved for credit, 28% 28% of African-Americans were not as confident. So that just leads me to believe, why, why are we so, why, why aren't we confident? You know, why, why, what, what is the problem within our community that we have to feel like, again, we're walking into a lending institution, and basically we're saying to ourselves, I, I got no chance, right? So what happens is, especially when you're dealing with car dealerships, because, Car dealerships, regardless of your credit, they want to sell you a car, all right? And, and, and they'll find financing for you. Now, instead of being able to go to your bank, if you had good to excellent credit and getting that anywhere from, you know, you've seen the ads out there, 0.99% financing to, let's say, a decent finance rate, maybe 6%. So what dealers are able to do is they have a network of lenders that they'll go to. And they'll get you a loan for the car, but you may end up paying 16%, okay, which means more money out of your pocket. The higher the percentage rate everybody knows, the more you're going to pay, okay? So, again, we have to do better at that, and we have to understand that this being the first of the year is probably a good time for everyone to go in who's listening. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and request a copy of your credit bureau information. You can do it or you can get a copy of your credit report free once a year. You can either go to the credit bureaus. Again, there's three of them, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. You can write to all three of them once a year and absolutely for free. They'll send you a copy of your credit report. And then what you need to do is you need to take a look at your credit report Learn how to read your credit report. Look for errors. Look for things that can be disputed because if you have credit challenges, now what you have to do is make sure that you're reading the report correctly because one out of five credit bureaus contain incorrect information. So even things like your name, if your name is spelled incorrectly, you can dispute that. That can help you because anything that, any credit that was, that's on your report under that name that's incorrect, by law, if you send a demand letter to the credit bureau, they have to remove it or they at least have to investigate it. So what you wanna do is you wanna have those deficiencies removed. You wanna look for them, you wanna understand them and, and you wanna work, work on them, you know, it's not hard. It's not hard. It may take some time for some people who have multiple credit challenges, but it can be done. And don't believe the hype out there when people say that a bankruptcy is the, is the kiss of death, because it's not. You can come out of a bankruptcy and recover from that very quickly and very easily if, if you know how to do it.
0: Good stuff. Okay. Yeah, so, I thank you. So, I
2: yes, I was just going to say, I think ahead, the nail on the head, though, is that you have to know how to do that stuff. And I think that that's yeah. the problem that, that anybody that has poor credit runs into is is lack of knowledge. Because especially with the way the economy was the last couple of years, there were a lot of people that were hit very hard and took a huge hit to their credit. I mean, with foreclosures or repossessions or bankruptcies, and you just – Without that knowledge of how to do it and what you're supposed to do, um, I, I think that that's that's the piece that a lot of people are missing is that they just don't know. And it's not like yeah, about you're exactly positive. right. Yeah,
5: you're exactly right. But I, I would I would urge anyone out there who has credit credit challenges because I, I, I hate to use the term bad credit. I I, I use the term credit challenges. But anyone out there who's listening, who has these credit challenges, there are plenty of credit repair companies out there that will do the work for you. That's why I said it's a very easy process. So when you say, Mike, you know that people don't know how to, you know, what steps do I take to improve my credit score, uh, things like that. Let me just uh, just just uh, let your callers know that. The best way is that there's actually five ways to improve your credit very easily. The first thing you want to do is just avoid new credit card purchases. You know, I mean, people out there are, and I understand that, that life events happen, you know, that, that there are emergencies within families and with the way things are going right now, you know, not everyone has that emergency fund. They always talk about you should have an emergency fund in case something happens that you can go into and, you know emergencies and and things like that. It could be something like uh, you know, I mean nowadays if if your car needs four new tires, my car or my I should say my wife's car, it's a BMW. Those those tires aren't cheap. You know, for for a BMW, for a set of four tires for a BMW would would run us about twelve hundred dollars. So $1,200. you know, if you don't <laughs> have, it, if you don't have the emergency, yeah, because they have to run flat and, you know, all that good stuff. So, you know, those tires are very expensive. So if you don't have the emergency fund set aside, a lot of people, the first thing they do is they they whip out the plastic. And again, I understand that, you know, a lot of people have no choice. Things happen, but you want to avoid new credit card purchases. That's that's the first thing that you want to do. You don't want to pile up a whole bunch of debt because if you have uh, multiple credit cards, let's say, Let's, let's just say you have uh, three credit cards, and the total uh, allowable credit on those three credit cards, just a, a rough number, let's say, is $1,000. So when it comes to credit card balances, you don't want to have or you shouldn't have or carry balances that are more than 30% of your maximum limit. So if you have three credit cards – and I know this is a low number, but let's just say you have three credit cards and the total available credit on those three credit cards is $1,000, you don't want to carry more than $300 total, okay? Because once it goes over 30%, then it starts to affect your credit. So you want to to manage that as best that you can. The second thing that you want to do is you try the best you can. I I won't say that you, you, you should because, again, a lot of people can't. But Try to pay off those past due balances, anything that you have past due try to try to pay it off before it goes into collections, okay because once it goes into collections then it's out of the it's out of the creditors' hands and it's it's with the collection agency and if you ever want to settle that you know it's going to cost you even more money than if you can pay it off in full um, also one of the things that you want to do as far as improving your credit is you don't want to close accounts that's on your credit you know especially. When it comes to good credit, I have credit information. I have, a cre- I have credit cards on my uh, credit report that's almost 30 years old. And I, I, ha- I still I don't have those cards. Those cards are inactive. But one thing you'll notice, I, I, you know, a, I have one to give an example for a company called Comp USA. They were kind of like Best Buy. And they've been out of business now for about 12 years i had a I had a store card with them um, you know it, it it was paid as agreed, and that's how it shows on my credit report. But I can go to the credit agency I can go to the credit bureau and say, "You know what? I don't want this on my credit report anymore. Well, why wouldn't i it's That's good credit that's showing on my report. So don't close those accounts If you have credit cards that are old credit cards, just just leave them leave them active you know and the thing that you have to remember too is if you have, let's say, uh, a Chase Visa card, if you don't use it at all within a year's time, they can and oftentimes will close those accounts. And that's not a bad thing as long as it's closed favorably. You don't owe them anything. It never went in collections and nothing like that. But um, you got to remember, too, that credit is your friend. A lot of people are, are afraid of credit cards. They, they think it's a bad thing. My daughter... When she turned 18, the first thing I did with her is I had her apply for a credit card. And she said to me, well, Daddy, I, I always heard that credit, credit cards were bad. I said, no, they're only bad if you mismanage them or misuse them. You know, so, so you know, don't close those accounts. Just let them, let them work for you. That will help improve your, your credit, uh, your overall credit score. Um, the other thing that you want to do is get a copy of your report, look for false information. Like I said, there's one out of every five credit bureau reports have inaccurate data. Um, read through it carefully. Uh, if you need help, uh, anyone needs help reading it, um, you know, find a credit repair agency. There, there's a ton of them that you can work with. They'll, they'll look it over for you. And, you know, if you feel that anything is on there that doesn't pertain to you or, or you feel is inaccurate, you know, speak up about it. Let, 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 let someone know. I mean, these are things that you could do yourself, but like you said, if, if, if there are people out there that just don't have a knowledge of it, you know, you might need third party help. So go to someone and have them take a look at it. And then the other thing you want to do is just pay off your debts. Um, just that's, that's the thing and pay on time. You know, I, I can't stress that enough. If you want to start the ball rolling on improving your credit, or credit score just pay your bills on time uh, if you have some challenges if you have some late pays and even slow pays people people don't know about slow pays well slow pays although they you know they don't they don't serve the same purpose or have the same <clears throat> excuse me effect as as a delinquency they still get reported and what I mean by slow pays is is you know and then this is something that I didn't know when I was young. I used my credit card. I get a bill. The bill was due on the tenth. I figure I put it in the mail on the tenth. It'll get there by the fourteenth or fifteenth. No problem, you know. And 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 it's not. But that's what they call a slow pay. And and they'll tell you slow pays, like I said, don't have the same effect as a as a late pay or a delinquency. But if you have a number of those slow pays on your credit bureau report. They, they do impact it little, okay, but, but they do have an impact. Um, anything late that you don't want to have is anything over 30 days. Once once it goes over 30 days, it's reported to the credit bureau as a late payment. Then they have different uh, tiers of late payments, 30, 60, 90. Then over 90, it goes into delinquency. So just be careful of that. You know, just pay your bills on time, um, you know, and, and – just Just start thinking about, well, what do I need to do to improve? And, and the first thing, like I said, that you should do is, is take this time at the beginning of the year to request a free copy of credit report. There's websites out there that you can go to. Um, annualcreditreport.com is one. Um, there's others that uh, — let's see, Privacy guard is a good one, but Privacy guard, you actually have to pay a fee, and the fee is a dollar. it's a dollar. But when you sign up for Privacy Guard, basically what what you're signing up for is credit monitoring. But you can go in and pay a dollar, get access to all three of your credit bureau reports, Experian TransUnion and Equifax, and you can keep their service for 14 days, and on day 14 you can cancel it, and they don't charge you the monthly fee. I think the monthly fee is like $19 a month. But what that monthly fee does, it also gives you access to credit alerts. So anytime something happens, if there's an alert, somebody applies for credit, you know, you're know, you notified of any potential fraud, things like that. So it's actually a good website whether you want to pay the $19 a month for it. I mean, there's worse things you can do with $19 a month. So you can use But like I said, if you just want to – Download, get copies of the three credit bureau reports. Privacy Guard's a good one. Um, There's a lot of apps out there that you can download onto your phone. I got one on my phone that I'm looking at right now, a real good one. It's called Credit Wise. Um, Credit Wise is absolutely free. And I know you've seen the commercials for, like, Credit Karma and all these other ones. They're all good. But um, Credit Wise is, is real good all the apps basically are just going to give you access to one of the bureau reports. So depending on which app you use or download, it's only going to give you access to either TransUnion, Equifax, or Experian. Um, CreditWise CreditWise gives you you access to Equifax. So again, it's free. And CreditWise is through, I believe, uh, I believe it's through Capital One. You don't have to have a Capital One account. You don't even have to be a Capital One customer. I mean, I'm sure they'll like if you if you are, but you can download that app and, and that gives you access to your score. Um, it's updated every i want to say every six days, so every six days you know you'll get an update you know and you'll see these you know at, at those updates if you had an outstanding bill for a hundred dollars. And you paid that bill. Well, when it updates, you'll see that that bill was paid with that creditor. So it's real good. Um, like I said, Credit Karma is another one that you can you can download. So th- there's a ton of them. Um, so just you know keep up with keep up with those uh, with, with your credit score. Look at it, request it, look at it, go over it, look for errors. That's the first thing you should do is just look for errors. Any any delinquencies, things like that. Uh, look for those, and then just go through and you know. Look for things that you can dispute, because by law, if you dispute something with the credit bureau, they have to reply or respond to you within 30 days. They have to. It's the law. So if you send out what's called a a dispute letter, and if you're working with a a credit repair or restoration company, they'll do all this for you. But, again, you can do all this yourself. It's it's not difficult. Um, You know, send out that dispute letter and like I said, the, 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 the creditor, or they have to respond to you. The, the bureau will respond through the creditor. They have to respond to you within 30 days. And then from there, you know, you'll start seeing things removed. For a lot of things, only time, like they say, time heals all wounds. And that's true when it comes to your credit bureau information because there's some things that will drop off after a certain period of time. So it, it, it's a little bit of a process, but it's, it's definitely not impossible.
1: So the credit, the letters that you're talking about, is there like a format for it? Is there like a, is there a blank form that you can can plug in stuff and and something it out, or is it just like something handwritten that you do? Or how do you do that?
5: Yeah, I mean, if 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 you go to a credit repair company, they have all they have templates for all these things. But if you're doing it yourself, it's it's it's. Pretty straightforward, you know, you, you, you're disputing basically something to the effect that I'm disputing on my Experian uh, credit bureau report. I'm, exper- I'm disputing this particular um, delinquency, or I would like to have this bit of information removed, because sometimes, let, let's just say for a 30-day late payment, those normally would fall off after two years, okay? And then once they fall off, and you know, you'll start to see your, your credits improving. And like I said, that's why I said um, that for a lot of things, you know, takes a little bit of time. But if you notice that it's beyond two years and this information is still on there, you write to the credit bureau and you just, just a, just a letter. I mean, there's really no format <clears throat> that anyone should follow is As long as the basic information is in there for them, they, they won't reject it. Um, so, you know, and like I said, once you send it, and I always recommend that if you send a, a, a dispute letter, always send it certified mail so that someone has to sign for it. Um, but believe it or not, the credit agencies are very good at working with, um, you know, debtors and getting this information removed um, because the burden of proof is on them. Once you put the burden of proof on the creditor, and they have to investigate, and and that's what people, you know, have to understand is the burden of proof. Just like in a just like in a court of law, where the burden of proof is on the uh, prosecution, in this case, it's the burden of proof is on the creditor. So if you don't agree with something, if uh, something's in dispute, something's incorrect. Now they have 30 days to investigate it. Um, If they don't respond to you within 30 days, they broke the law. This is all governed by the Fair Credit Reporting Act. So if they don't respond, they broke the law. And that's why a lot of times if there's something on there that's kind of iffy to them, 99 out of 100 times they'll go ahead and just remove it. That one time where they don't remove it is when they're writing you back within that 30-day period asking for more information. So there's no template or anything like that, no specific format, just as long as all of the basic information on the account in dispute is on there. Um, send it certified mail like you would uh, with any other, you know, letter that needs tracking. And like I said, they have to respond.
1: And the letter you sent to the credit agency is correct? I'm Not sorry? the actual... You're sending it to the credit agency, yeah. not actually the... Yeah, to so the, the credit
5: company. agency. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because the thing about the, the credit bureaus, like I mentioned, there's three of them. And okay. the other thing is when you go to, uh, like, freecreditreport.com or somewhere like that, they're going to give you access to all three. And other than go ahead and, and looking through, like I said, all of the data, making sure everything matches, your name, social security number, all the, uh, the, all, all the credit information that's on there... What you want to do is you want to compare the scores. Now, gen, gen, genuinely or generally, you don't want to have a variance too big. I, I've seen some where someone had their Experian credit report said they had a credit score of 710. Equifax said 715, and TransUnion had them at a 640. That's that's a red flag right there. If you ever see anything, a variance like that, that's a red flag. There shouldn't be – maybe 15 points out of tolerance between the three. If, if Equifax has you at a 710 experience has you at a, a, a 715 and TransUnion has you at a seven, hmm, seven eighteen. that's fine. But anytime you notice that there's one of the scores that's out of balance like that, like I said, it's, it's usually a, a difference of about 15 points. Start looking at that credit report. Cause I guarantee you that something on there is incorrect. Now, the thing is, you have three credit reporting agencies, but not all of them report the same way. So that's why you're gonna, you know, you may see a difference on there. And like I said, as long as it's within a fifteen point tolerance, that's okay. So outside of that is is when most likely there are problems that definitely need some attention.
2: Is speaking of. Um errors on the credit report are there any sort of industries that aren't allowed to report to your credit
0: mm.
5: well like aren't allowed well the, yeah i mean things like um you know like like uh utility companies you know and things like that they don't they don't report on on credit it's basically you have revolving debt which is going to be like your um uh uh your credit cards. Okay. That's your revolving debt. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have your, um, uh, let's see your mortgage debt. So home equity, home mortgages, things like that are going to be on the mortgage, your mortgage debt. Then you have things like, um, revolving, or I'm sorry, installment debt. And that's like your car payments. Those, those are things that every month you're going to pay the same amount. Usually that's, that's a car payment. If my car payment, <clears throat> my first car payment, was $225 my 60th car payment in a five month loan is going to be the same amount. It, it's not going to change unless you reamortize or do something like that to change it. But for the most part, those are the three that you have. And then you have things like that show up on your credit report. Also like student loans uh, show up on your credit report. Um, a lot of people are hit with medical collections uh, because of the, you know, not having health care. Well, a hospital is not going to turn you away, they have to treat you, but you're going to walk out of there with a $10,000 bill, and nine times out of 10, it's going to go into collections. So that gets on your credit report. But I can tell you that from an underwriting standpoint, um, if I come across or when I came across a medical collection, I'll give it another look. You know, I- I'm more concerned with your consumer credit because we understand, like I said, that things happen, you know. Um, It could be a spouse that had a catastrophic illness, cancer, uh, you know, God forbid, you know, things like that, where you can walk out of a hospital tens, if not hundreds of thousand dollars, you know, in in arrears because, like I said, they can't turn you away. They have to treat you. But if you don't pay the bill, if you don't pay the medical bill, it's going to show up on there. But um, for the most part, I think to answer your question, Mike, Utility companies and uh, things like that, generally, they, they're not going to report. So if they cut off your lights because you didn't pay your, your utility bill or shut off your water because you didn't pay the bill, that, that's not going to hit your credit. I can tell you what's killing us more than anything as far as, like I said, within the black community, but I, I, I venture to say throughout what's killing us right now are these cell phone companies. Cell phone collections are killing people right now because they're jumping from cell phone plan to cell phone plan and if you change from Sprint to Verizon and you broke your contract now you owe Sprint $1,000 because you're still paying for those phones yeah if you don't pay those they're going to hit you. That will get on your credit report so you have to be real careful with those because that's what's killing a lot of people right now are cell phone delinquencies or, or cell phone debt.
1: Huh. Uh yeah 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 I it, I can tell you I see that all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, and I like I said, I just want
5: to I just want to just want to talk real quick about bankruptcies because I kind of touched on it where I said that bankruptcies aren't the kiss of death. Um you know, everybody knows that if you go into a bankruptcy, uh it's going to be a period of time. It's typically 7 years that information is on your credit bureau report. Um, but just to kind of go back a little bit, and then I'll touch on bankruptcies again, but mortgage, mortgage debt, I can tell you another big kiss of death is try, 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 like hell, not to be more than 30 days late on a mortgage payment. That, I've seen that lower scores from a 750 down to a 680 if, you miss, if you're 30 days late on one mortgage payment that's that's a credit credit agency that that's a big no no that that's a killer but um when I talk about bankruptcies you know you' going you, you come out of a bankruptcy the bankruptcy's discharged within two years you should be back on your feet it, it, if you do it correctly you should be back to a point where you can apply for credit and not have major issues now I'm not saying you you may get the best rate available, but you're not going to get you know, drug over the coals because you need a car, but the only alternative is now 18% interest. I mean, if you come out of a bankruptcy and you do things the right way to restore your credit, within two years, you should be able to get a car loan for somewhere between maybe 8 to 12%. Okay, and that is better than 18%. And then from there, it's just a matter of working that time off. You know, come out of that bankruptcy First thing you do is you apply for secured credit, maybe for $1,000 or however much, but make payments. Use that, use that credit card maybe to buy gas, but every time you get that statement in the mail, make sure you pay it in full. You do that for a year, go back to that company and that, that credit card company and say, hey, look, I have a secured credit card. Look at my payments over the past 12 months. Everything i paid on time, no problems, no slow pays, no late pays. How about increasing me now to $2,500? They'll look at that and say, oh, okay, yeah, you were a good risk. You're, you're, they won't tell you this, but that's what they're thinking. You're a good risk. I'll, I'll take the chance, and I'll increase your limit. So now you, went to, you increased to $2,500 secure. Then after you do that for a year again on $2,500, now you go back to them and you ask them for an unsecured credit card. Okay. And then all of this is being reported to the credit reporting agency. So all of this is favorable to you. So coming out of a bankruptcy after two years, two and a half, three years, you're on track. Like I said, it's not the kiss of death. People feel like I filed bankruptcy. I'm done. No, you're only done if you sit back and you don't do anything. But, Start taking those steps to dig yourself out of that out of that situation, out of that hole. And it doesn't take a lot of time. It takes patience, but it's not as bad as a lot of people think.
1: So, I'm sorry. I couldn't take myself off of mute. Um is it better to go to like, say, like Capital One of those guys, or try to get something from your own bank? In that case, or doesn't matter, whoever takes you takes you.
5: Well, it, you know, it's it's always nice if you can go back to your own bank. But I can tell you that you mentioned Capital One; they're very good. Um, another bank or lending institution that's very good is Discover. Um, they're very good if you're coming out of a tough financial situation, um, like a bankruptcy. They're, they're two two of the best that I know of um that will help you you know get back on your feet i'm not necessarily saying that they will help you get back on your feet but you can you can work with them and and get you know take take the right steps to get get the ball rolling again capital one to discover they they have some good programs um you know as far as secured credit now when I say secured credit that means that They'll send you a credit card, but you have to give them your money. You give them $1,000, they'll send you back a Visa or a MasterCard with a $1,000 limit. So basically, you're giving them your money, they'll send you a card. That's what I mean by secured, because right now, remember, you're, you're coming out of a bankruptcy or you have credit challenges, you're, 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 you're not a good risk. So what they're going to say to you is, well, prove to us that you're a good risk. Give us your money. We'll give you a card. Use it like a credit card, okay? And then we'll see how you do after, like I said, a year or so. Go back to them. Hey, I did this. You can see, you know, you got my information right there in front of you. Paid every month on time. In fact, I sent y'all payments, you know, a week before the due date or whenever. Can you increase my unsecured limit? I'll send you another $1,500 so I can get a $2,500 secured card. Then, like I said, you do that for a year. Then now, call them back and ask for an unsecured card, meaning basically just a, a regular credit card. Okay, so that's that's how you you know coming out of a bankruptcy shouldn't be that much of a problem. Like I said, unless you, if you you know take the correct steps, know how to do it, it should be pretty easy.
1: Okay, what about actually hey, like personal loan or anything? Oh, I'm sorry, personal loans. My... Personal
5: loans are harder. Yeah, personal loans are a lot okay. harder because um you know everybody needs a car <clears throat> everybody you know for the most part you need a car basic transportation get to and from work so but i can tell you from an underwriting standpoint personal loans are probably the hardest to get um you know because like i said th- that's kind of like do you you know unfortunately like i said things happen you know could be you need this personal loan to pay your child's doctor bill or something like that, but they're a lot harder. If, if you need the money like that, I would suggest if you have equity in your home, maybe a home equity, something like that, but personal loans, uh, things like boat loans, motorcycle loans, RV loans, those are harder because those are luxuries. You know, you don't, you, you basically don't need a boat. I mean, you know, everybody wants to have a boat likes to have a boat, but that's a luxury and, and banks underwrite that differently because, you know, that's, that's not really a necessity, that's not a basic necessity. You can call a car a basic necessity nowadays, but a boat, a motorcycle, an RV, a snowmobile, you know, those aren't basic necessities. I mean, a snowmobile, maybe if you live in Alaska somewhere, but for the most part, um, you know, a uh, car basic transportation. Even a motorcycle is looked at as a luxury from
2: an underwriting standpoint. Hey, Warren, uh, wow. not to cut you off, but I've actually got a caller. Um, I've got Luke on the line, and he had a couple of questions for you, so I'm going to go ahead and bring him in. Sure.
6: Thanks again, Mikey uh, and panel, for taking my call. Good evening to you all. Uh, Mr. Bellamy, just wanted to ask a couple of quick questions, and then I'll uh, release the line just to hear your feedback. The first one is going to be you were talking earlier about credit repair agencies, so I wanted to know your opinion or your outlook on uh, paid or credit agencies that you would would pay to do your credit repair versus one that is uh it's offered for free like maybe a government-funded credit repair agency and then also your views and opinions on uh, debt programs like uh maybe the dave ramsey program or the Suze, susie Orban program so i uh, just want to put those out there and hear your response thanks
5: okay <clears throat> credit repair agencies um you know they're in business to make money so Depending on because there, there, a lot of them or most of them are, are independent. These are people like you and me who run a business, so it depends on you know how much how much you're willing to invest in repairing your credit and what they charge because it's not it's not regulated or monitored. I mean, one credit repair agency can can charge you X amount of dollars, another one can charge you Y. So, but what I would do is I would look into that company, go to various websites see how they're doing business. Um, if you know anyone, word of mouth is always good. But when you talk about like Dave Ramsey and Susie, Susie Orman, those are great. I mean, those are the experts. I mean, far be it from me to contradict them, uh, you know, those, those are the experts. So if you can, you know, venture into um, programs like that, because I know with Dave Ramsey, you know, he talks about a lot of times just basically starving yourself to pay off all your debt. I mean, if you can do that, that's great, and people do do it. I know they call up to his show, and, and you know, they'll, they'll scream into the phone, I'm debt-free, you know, and <clears> they <throat> will ring a bell or whatever because this is what he, you know, this is what he, this is what he specializes in. You know, ha- this is what his preferred method is just, you know, eat bread and water for six months and just focus on paying off everything. And if you can do that, that's fine. Like I said, um, you know, they're the experts. So uh, I don't have any problem with that. If you can do it, that's great. And then they, people always say, well, I'm now debt-free. I've been in debt. You know, I've been making minimum payments on credit cards for the last five years. And, you know, now I'm debt-free. And, and that's what he, you know, people like Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman proposed. But, yeah, what they, what they preach as far as how to get out of debt, it's, it's, it's great. If you can do it. Um fine. A lot of times it could be a, a dual household where uh both spouses work. So one spouse will concentrate on paying off all the debt, the other one, you know, pays the bills, you know, buys the food, buys the groceries, pays for the vacations, things like that. So if you can do it, that's that's fine.
6: I yeah, hope I answered know, it, all it, these it's, it's it's I'm sorry, it's interesting because, you know, my wife and I we actually uh, went through the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University, uh, which, which, of course, you know, Dave Ramsey is, is very faith based uh, in his, his financial literacy program. Uh, and going through the program, of course, you know, you have to pay for the program, which have, mm-hmm. for a while I was always kind of iffy on, man, if I'm trying to get out of debt, why am I paying somebody who's right, rich to join yeah. the program that's supposed to help me save me when I'm spending yeah. money? Uh, right. And although it was a uh, uh, what, 13-, 14-week program, which was pretty educational. I think different circumstances for different individuals or families, uh, you know, it kind of takes you a little while to get longer. I think we'll have to go back through the program again as repeat mm-hmm. offenders. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, but there again, you know, it was one of those things where it was kind of hard for me to say, man, I'm trying to get out of debt, but here I am spending this money right. to join this program. Uh, and, mm-hmm. of course, you know, his, his, his debt reduction program is based on the snowball effect uh, I like think you were mm-hmm. saying earlier. Hey, take your your highest bills, Or your highest creditors, and pay them off first, and work your way down.
5: Exactly.
6: Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, it, for us millennials yeah. or uh, Generation Xers, we've got so much debt with it, school loan education loans, uh, family right. expenses. I mean, it, it's not cheap to raise kids these days.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So and
5: like so I said, you know, things things happen. You know, you have life events that that happen. Like you say, you're 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 a re- repeat offender. I'm sure that wasn't by design. So you know understand that things happen um but you know don't rest on that don't don't you know don't feel certainly don't feel sorry for yourself you've done it before I mean, you can do it again so uh you know i mean you 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 you're, you're definitely on track i mean you you made the right decision uh before um i'm i'm sure you'll have no problem with it again but like i said one thing that a lot of folks do especially uh you know husband wife situations you know, you wake up one day and you, you're, you're in a, a mound of debt, but fortunately both, you know, both spouses work, so why not if you, if you can? And, again, like I said, I understand certain things, certain situations, but if you can, one spouse concentrate on paying these credit card bills. Like, like you mentioned, um, start out with the one that has the highest credit. I mean, if you have credit cards that have um, uh, percentage rates, you know, say somewhere around 6 8%, then you have a couple up here that are, you know, 18%. Those are the ones you want to pay off because you're, you're wasting more money uh, on the balances of, of, of those cards when you could use that money to pay off, you know, the ones that are with the higher balance. that's where you always want to start first, like you mentioned. You want to start first there. So concentrate on that. And the last thing you want to do, and I heard people say this, is dipping into, like, 401Ks and and stuff like that to pay off debt, I mean, that that's an absolute no-no. Any, any, you know, financial advisor or anyone that tells you that, unless we're talking about a catastrophic emergency situation, basically life or death, if it comes to that, then absolutely you do what you got to do. But if you're making minimum payments on credit cards and you feel like you're getting overwhelmed, um, but you're maintaining, you know, Just just avoid that at every at every possible cost. You know, you don't want to mess with what you have saved up um, by dipping into that. But again, like I said, I know I know things happen, and you know. So, but that should be an absolute last resort.
6: Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.
0: Okay. Thanks.
1: Cool beans. Good stuff. All right. That that was yeah, that's awesome stuff. Sheila, you've been quiet. You got anything?
3: Hey, sorry. Um, well, I'm actually just trying to soak it all in because, I mean, I have a lot of debt myself, and I'm trying to get myself out of it. But, um, I tried the whole Dave Ramsey thing. Well, I kind of halfway tried. You know, it's just it's mm-hmm. like, um, Warren said, it's just hard to really, you know basically cut all fun out of your life and just right,
0: just, just right everything
3: down right. to the bare minimum. Like I mean, you never know what can happen tomorrow. So really do I really, really want to do it like that? I don't know because again, you never know. Like what if something happens next week and now you know and I and I say what if because I'm a very I'm a mom. And um sorry Dawson was talking.
2: On <laughs> uh, <laughs> <All in> cue <queue. laughs>
3: Right, right. Um, but what I was going to I kind of lost my train of thought. Oh, well, I can't really cut out all fun. I mean, of course, there's things that you can do that don't really involve money. But, <clears throat> you know, you don't want right. to cut out all fun when it comes to your kids, you know. So yeah. I guess that's kind of what I struggle with when it comes to my debt and trying to get things paid off and trying to decide, like, all right, do I go out to eat or make a sandwich or, you know. Mm-hmm. Well,
5: one of the things that that you can do too, or anyone can do, is depending on how many credit cards you have and how much credit card debt you have, and take the credit card that has the best uh annual percentage rate or the best rate, and transfer the balances from the other ones to that one. So you're not paying on multiple cards; you may be only paying on one. Now that's assuming that you have enough available credit to do that. Um, if that you know if you have a bunch of credit cards, you got a thousand dollar balance on this one, a $1,200 balance on that one, a $500 balance. But you notice that all those interest rates are are, all those rates are higher, but you have this one credit card out here that's, you know, at at a reasonable rate and you have the available balance that will allow you to transfer the balances from those other credit cards to that one with the lowest interest rate. You know, that's something that you can do too. But like you said, with Dave Ramsey, It's like you hit the nail on the head. You're cutting out all fun in your life. You basically have no social life. You you know, there's no Friday night. We're taking the family out to to Chuck E. Cheese or none of that. You're you're just concentrating on paying off debt by any any means means necessary is what you're doing. And not a lot of people can do that, but if you can it works great for a lot of people and a lot of people, you know, they love Dave Ramsey. I mean, he's, he's great at what he does. Susie Oman's great at what they do, but you know, that's, that's basically how their programs work and and that's what they would like to have everyone do.
3: Right. Most of my debt is um, actually student loan debt. I mean, I have like, I have yeah. two credit cards and I actually did transfer um, a large sum of one of my main credit cards that I had a high balance on and I had a high interest rate. So I about, transferred it, to another credit card <clears throat> where I didn't have like an interest rate for like 18 months, but I mm-hmm. haven't finished paying it off yet, but I did that. Yeah. Um, so that helped me a little bit for a while, but most of it, I'm paying like $300 a month in credit and yeah. student loans. And that's really yeah. what kills me. And it's like, you yeah. know, I've already um, changed it to where, you know, it go- it's income based. So like, you know, it went down like a little bit, but it's still, that's a car payment. That's right.
0: That's right. more right. than my
3: car payment monthly.
0: Yeah, and I another thing that, that
3: dollars for a lot of other things. Yeah, no,
5: another thing, another thing that that folks can do too is if you're in good standing with your credit card company, give them a call, ask them to lower your interest rate. I mean, if you're in good standing with them, why not? You know, um, as long as you accept, you know, an interest rate of fourteen or sixteen percent, they'll they'll continue to you know they'll continue to send you that statement every month, and you'll continue to pay it. But if you're in good standing with them and, and you have you know somewhat good to very good credit, you know, you can always call, you know, your creditor and ask them, you know, to lower your interest rate. You can also ask them to increase your limit. You know, if you have a credit card that has a, a limit of you know twenty five hundred dollars, call them and ask them, Hey, I'm in good standing with you guys. I make a payment every month on time, never been late or what have you. Can you increase it to five five thousand? Because if you do that, Increase from say twenty five hundred to to five thousand. Now that gets reported to the credit bureau. And if your if your balance is uh, credit card balance is low, then your credit score increases. So if you go from a credit limit of twenty five hundred to five thousand, that gives you twenty five hundred dollars more of available credit that you're not using. And by not using that, that increases your score. So, again, these are just some of the the nuances, some of the things that you can do to increase your score. You want to, you know, if you can increase those balances, make sure, or I'm sorry, not the balances, but the limits, make sure you, because remember, like I said at the beginning, you don't want to have those, uh, you don't want to have your credit to a balance of 30% or more of your limit. So if you increase your limit, then your balance percentage is going to lower. And by lowering, that increases your credit score.
1: Uh, Good information. i got a question about that student loan thing. Uh, I heard recently that actually student loans help your credit score initially when you get approved for them. Is that true at all?
5: I mean, it, it does, but again, I mean, I, I always think of things as as, a, as an underwriter and a, as a risk manager. Um, if you're if you're applying for credit and your student loan is favorable, if it's not, you know, if you if you're not in any kind of unfavorable status with it, to be honest with you, I, I'm not even looking at student loans. Just like I said with um, with uh, medical collections, it's the same thing. I could work around. I could write around. medical collection i could write around a delinquent student loan i'm not really concerned with that um to be honest with you um i'm I'm looking at consumer credit consumer debt um things like that but uh it's on there and if it's on there and again if it's on there and it's favorable then it definitely won't hurt that's the thing that's that's the thing you have to remember if you have anything that's on your credit bureau reports that's favorable Leave it there as long as you can. You know, don't don't remove it. Let, you know, I mean, ultimately, at some point, they'll remo- You know, they'll, the credit bureau will remove it because it's it's old information. But that's not that shouldn't be that shouldn't be up to you. You should never remove anything that's favorable on your credit report.
1: You said never remove anything unfavorable. Favorable.
5: Favorable. Sorry. Anything favorable. Okay. Oh favorable. Yeah. Okay. Any, anything that's favorable. Okay. Huh? Like I said, I have okay. I have, a, I have a credit card. I have a credit card on, on my credit report that's I, I swear this thing's gotta be about twenty five years old. And the company that issued the credit card's been out of business for about fifteen years, but it's still reporting. So the only thing the credit bureau agency sees is the case the, the, the card was closed and it's closed favorably. If you, On my credit report, that's exactly what it says. It says closed, and then next to it, it says favorably. As long as that's on there, I don't care if it's on there forever. I mean, that, that's good news for me. That, that's, you know, that's, that's in my favor. So I could write to the credit bureau agency and say, and a lot of people make the mistake and do this and say, why is this old information on my credit report? I want it removed. Blah, blah, blah. This card's been, I haven't used this card in 30 years, and the account's closed. They'll remove it for you because you asked them to, but that's that's pretty stupid to do that. Just leave it on there.
4: Okay.
1: Cool Ben. Anybody, Mikey, anything?
2: No, no, sir. That was that was a ton of good information.
1: Awesome sauce. Well, thank you, Juan, yet again. Uh, this time Thank we you. got you in all the way and we weren't backed up against the wall so that was good <laughs> this time around
5: nah, but, no problem like I uh, said any anytime, anytime
1: so you know this will be on uh, we'll post it on Facebook and I'll put the, the links out there on Twitter and everything else and, and so you know hopefully the people listen to it there's a lot of good information out there um, things that I didn't know you know I knew about the I got well I broke my when I got in a car accident and got hurt, I, I went on annual on a uh, the Free Credit Reporting Act and read almost all of it one time and learned about the annual reporting and stuff like that. And that's huge for everybody just to pull their credit score once a year and get it free from all three credit agencies. And then just, you know, my thing was dispute everything. It's up to them to prove it. You
0: exactly. It. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like
5: one, was, one was, of was my, mine, my, my credit.
1: Mine. I was like, so prove it.
5: Yeah, on my credit report, on Equifax and Experian, they have my name as Warren D Bellamy, and on uh, TransUnion, they have me as Mister Warren Bellamy. I right? said so my mother didn't name me Mister, so I disputed my name, and they 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 fixed it, you know. But the thing is, if I had anything, any type of credit that was on the report under that name, that I applied for it under that name they'd have to remove it because that's not my name. That's, that's not who that, like I said, my mother didn't name me Mr. So, you know, little things wow. like that you can, you can use in your favor. Any addresses because they're going to list your addresses that you lived uh, for the last, I think past 15 years. And if you see that there's an address on it, you think you say, so I never lived at this address, you know, take it off, have them take it off. And, and then if, if, uh, if you again if you notice that there's anything that sh- that was applied for on your credit report under that address that's a dispute and if it's if it's unfavorable like i said if it's unfavorable but you know th- then like i said they have uh 30 days by law to um to respond to your uh request um you know to have it removed and then there's one last thing that you can do too if 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 you have something like like i said if If you've been doing well credit-wise and, you you know, you're improving month to month, but you still have a few challenges, and then you have something that was delinquent 18 months ago, typically those won't fall off until the 24-month mark. But if you have something that's on there that's delinquent for 18, 19 months, that was the only time you were ever late, and you've been paying ever since on time, you can send a letter, uh, what's called a good faith removal. So you're basically asking them that, in good faith, can you remove this information? And here's why. I've paid on time for the last 18 months, as you can see, over the last 24 months, 36 months. This one time, I was 30 days late, and here's why. If you want to give them information as to what happened, you can, um, especially if there was a family emergency, you know, know, everybody – Understands, like I said, life events happen. But you can you can send a letter that's what's called a, a good faith removal, and they'll either remove it or they won't. But at least you tried, and that's
1: good to know because yeah, it's happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, having to go into surgery a couple of times or getting put in the hospital, right? Crap like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, cool beans. Well, again, thank you, Warren. Thank you, Mikey. Thank you, mm-hmm. Sheila. Um, thank you, everybody who listened. Thank you, uh, Luke, for calling in um, and asking great questions and everything about those programs. So, until next time, and let's get more callers. Out.
5: That's my plug to the show. Let's get more callers,
1: please. Yeah. Thank you. <coughs> We well, like to that, yeah. interact with the folks. Yes, we do. So, uh, thank you again, Warren, for for you know joining us tonight. We appreciate it, man.
5: You got it. Okay. Have a good night, everybody.
0: Have a you good too. Night. All right. <clears throat>
1: Enjoy it. We'll see y'all next week. Thanks, everybody.
0: Bye.